The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, everybody. A little Thursday night recap action, a fantastic football game, John Breach. It's me, Ryan Wilson, uh, Will Brinson, parts unknown. Um, Breach, my voice sounds a little raspy. It's because I was the PA announcer at the JV soccer game tonight. And I will, if I have to be honest with you, I was amazing. Uh, I talked to several people who attended the game, and they all disagree with that. So listen to this quick story. Uh, the JV team won 7 nothing. There was a player on the other team, and I, I crap you not, a lot of pressure to put on a young man. His name, first name, Billion, with a B, last name, Boy. His what? name was Billion Boy. I actually got to announce him. He started, so that makes sense. So uh, not quite a Billion Boy uh, in this game on Thursday night, but maybe if you pool their resources by the time they retire, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and, of course, Chase Daniel, they'll be worth a, a billion dollars. Um Slow start, fantastic finish, a lot of questions, mostly about my boy Brandon Staley, what's going on with his fourth down play call sheet. What was your biggest takeaway, John, from a game in which Justin Herbert was 2-0 and in Arrowhead coming into this game against the Chiefs, had never thrown an interception against the Chiefs in those two games, threw seven touchdowns, uh, and the Chargers ended up losing in the most Chargers way ever, 27-24 at the final whistle. Yeah, the Chargers were up 10 nothing. They were up 17 to 7 uh in the second half. So they blew not one but two 10-point leads, which is definitely when you go full chargering. <laughs> uh you know what's funny is I think my main takeaway and this is outside the Justin Herbert injury, which is obviously the biggest takeaway because if he's out for any period of time, that changes the dynamics of everything in the AFC, the AFC West. Um but outside of that, I would say my main takeaway was the Chiefs defense. They were just the Chargers were, run, were running up and down the field in the first half, and I don't know what happened at halftime, uh, but they did something because in the second half, they came out and just absolutely shut down L.A. And yes, the Chargers did score uh, a touchdown on their opening possession of the second half, but then there was 
a three and out. There, then after that, another three and out. Then after that, Jalen Watson's 99-yard pick six. So the, can, I, those- can I push back on the pick six? Because you talked about this on HQ, and I think everyone would agree. Gerald Everett wanted to come out of the game because he was exhausted because he caught 12 passes on that drive, it felt like. Uh, he made zero to negative effort on the throw that went right to Jalen Warren. Credit to Jalen Warren, seventh-round rookie out of Washington State. Huge play on the biggest stage of the week. Uh, three years ago, my man was working at a Wendy's trying to figure out how he was going to get back into football. Shout out to Dane Brugler for, for that fun fact from his uh, annual beast guide uh, each spring. But you have to make an exception for that touchdown because if Gerald Everett had 50% more energy, I feel like that's probably a touchdown. But I take your overall point in that it felt like something changed because the offense looked a little less um, explosive after halftime for the Chargers. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that if even if he's at full energy that Herbert got baited inside. He threw it to the inside in the corner, I think knocks it down, even if or he gets in a fight with the Chargers receiver and they simultaneously possess it and they both land at the one yard line. I don't think the Chargers are scoring a touchdown there under any circumstance. I just don't think it was a great throw. What uh, was the turning point in the game for you? Because this felt like if it were a 30 minute football game, the, the Chargers were gonna roll. Oh yeah. I mean it was the pick six. It, the game was tied. The game was tied 17-17. The Chargers scored a touchdown there. They're up 24-17. So you basically have a 14-point swing. Um, so to me, there wasn't – if this game, if you pin a, pinpoint it down to one play, I think it's that play. No, I, I think that's right. And I think probably, depending on, on what happens in the next few days, medically, the biggest play might be the tackle by – or the the, the takedown by, by uh, Dana uh, on the Chargers – it looked harmless enough, but obviously Justin Herbert's ribs disagreed later in the fourth quarter, and he was absolutely banged up. He did the old uh, Daniel from Cry to Kid and toughed it out. Daniel, what's Daniel's last name? Daniel LaRusso. Daniel, he pulled the old Daniel LaRusso and toughed it out through a fan, an incredible touchdown pass at the end of that game, uh, a laser to DeAndre Carter. By the way, DeAndre Carter undrafted out of Sacramento State 2015. Do you know how many teams – rosters he has been on not necessarily uh game day rosters but how many teams he's been associated with let me put it that way since 2015 uh seven nine whoa big week last week three catches uh for 60 something yards i believe in a touchdown huge game on thursday night they they found a, a diamond in the rough there so that's that's fun for him not so fun for justin herbert depending on how this injury works out uh we actually got to see chase daniel's magnificent beard as he warmed up i haven't seen him uh, his sideline shot in a while. He, I don't want to say he looked nervous. He actually looked bothered that he might have to go into a football game. He came in for a snap. Justin Herbert came back in, toughed it out. I don't know. Um, I don't think you can do anything if you have to happen. Broke have to have broken ribs. I don't. We don't know yet what Justin Herbert has, but I think it's one of those things. You have to just wait and then deal with the pain. So we'll. If tonight was any indication, Justin Herbert can deal with the pain. I thought for me it was officially over on the play before the touchdown throw, which incidentally I believe was on a fourth down, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the touchdown was scored on fourth fourth and goal. The play before that on third and one or third and two from midfield when Justin Herbert could have basically moonwalked for a first down and he arm, arm pumped it and he looked like his body was going to fall apart and he just threw the ball into the ground. I said, okay, he's done for right now and he's probably done for a few more weeks. Came back super tough. Love to see it uh, in terms of gritting it out there. But it just wasn't enough. Uh, any concerns? Well, let's go to my guy. Any concerns about 
the man who was taking over Brandon Staley's body. You mentioned on HQ, I think there were three times they had third and short, uh, fourth and short, excuse me, and he punted every single time. I think he went for it. I, I made notes. He went for it on one occasion. I'll just go through the, the notes real quick. First drive, uh, fourth and two at the plus 13-yard line, and the Chargers kick a field goal. How would you feel about that? Uh, in my head, I thought Brandon Staley is going to go for this because right. they're so close, and we all saw Brandon Staley last year, uh, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he left his uh, fourth call, fourth down play call sheet in L.A. or, or set it on fire last night in his hotel room or something because uh, it was not with him today. I thought, based on his mentality, I thought they probably should have gone for that. Third drive in the first uh, the first half. Fourth and two, nine minutes to go in the second quarter at the plus 47, Chargers punt. I mean, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I don't think there was a situation last year where he punted in, in, in those down and distances. Um, uh, well, I can tell you real quick. They were, um, they were winning 10-7, by the way. And then uh, next possession, still winning 10-7. They punt on fourth and two from the Chiefs' 48-yard line. So back-to-back possessions. And I'm only bringing that up real quick because all three of them happened in the first half. If you go back to last year's, uh, the second Chiefs-Chargers game, which the Chiefs won in overtime, uh, Staley went for it on fourth and goal from the five. So that's basically, you know, fourth and five. He went for it on fourth and goal from the one. You know, obviously, again, didn't get it, no points. And then he also went for it on fourth and one. Uh, Wait, so we had two fourth and goals. And then there was a fourth and two from the Chiefs 28 yard line. So three times where he went for it, didn't get it on any of the occasions. And then they lose in overtime. And, you know, I feel like things like that and reading everything that everybody was saying all offseason, like, well, if you would have just kicked one field goal against the Chiefs, you don't go to overtime because you win 31-28. And it feels like he scared himself out of going for fourth downs. I mean, there's something to this. He, he There is no reason that this guy, who was Mr. Go for it all the time last year, should have uh, not gone for it a sing- in, in any one of these three instances we just mentioned. I think you're... I don't often say this, but I think he might be right. I, I think he probably, on some levels, in his own head, whether he would say that out loud or not, he just did his press conference. I can't hear it, obviously, because I'm talking to you. Uh, I would imagine the question was asked. Let me know if you see it on Twitter. Uh, but maybe he he just he's living rent free in his own head. By the way, we we talked about the the third drive, the fourth and two from the plus forty seven with the punt, and then you mentioned the subsequent drive, fourth and two from the plus forty eight, where they punted as well. Chargers did both times. The drive in between that that the Chiefs had. Fourth and inches at their own 29, KC punted. Any point there, fourth and inches with Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Isaiah Pacheco, it seems like it's a guy worth mentioning, so did Michelle. There you go for it on your own 29, or is that too too bold even for Andy Reid and or Brandon Saley? See, I'm a person who goes by the feel of the game, and at that point, uh, if you go for it on fourth and inches from your own 29, you're basically handing the Chargers at least three points because they're already in range for a 46 yard inch. Now, but hold on. And they had not been able to stop the Chargers offense up to that point. The first drive, they got a field goal. Second drive, touchdown. Third drive, they drove 20 yards before they punted. So with your defense struggling, uh, I'm fine with that call there just because they were so deep in their own territory. Okay. And by the way, you know why that decision ended up paying off? 
because Mr. Tommy Townsend, the unsung hero of this game, got off a 60-yard bomb uh, and pinned the Chargers down at their uh, – got caught at the 11. I think there was a return. So he flipped the field, and uh, that made Andy Reid look smart. All right, so the halftime score was 10-7. to 7. So uh, the under hit – Somehow the overhit by the time the game was over, which is pretty funny. Also, if you had Chargers plus four, which I did, that hit. Um, how'd you do on the picks to start the week two breach? Are you still in first place? I did not pick the Chargers to cover the spread. Yes. All right, so let's go to the second half. 10 to seven, the Chargers are leading um, by the skin of their teeth. First drive is the... It looked great. Everything's still clicking. The Mike Williams one-handed catch. By the way, Mike Williams had two catches last week. Uh, he made it for that in the first series, it felt like. Uh, by the time this thing was over, he had eight catches, 113 yards, one touchdown. Uh, so that was noteworthy. So great touchdown catch uh, for him to make it 17-7. The very next drive for the Chiefs, it sure felt like Asante Samuel Jr. had that interception. He bobbled it, went off his knee, looked to catch it, and of course... They had to put it under the, the microscope uh, of scrutiny, and and someone somewhere saw the ball hit the ground and move. I thought it was an interception. What do you think? Uh, I, I mean, the ball definitely moved, and I can't but say it, yeah, for sure that he had full possession before it moved. And, I, I, you know, I, the call on the field stood. I'm surprised that they overturned it. But I also don't think they necessarily got it wrong. It's, it was just one of those. It's too. It's it's the old. If if everybody doesn't agree on it in a bar, then you shouldn't overturn it. And no one agreed on this. I saw if you were on Twitter, half of Twitter thought it was an interception, half of it thought it was incomplete. I was on team incomplete. You were on team interception. But had they kept the ruling on the field, I would have been fine with that. Yeah, you're actually sort of stuttering like the 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 prime broadcast tonight. <laughs> By the way, it didn't stutter for me. I had no issues with the people who were whinging all over the internet about it. I thought it was, um, I actually enjoyed it, but maybe that's because I'm an old person. I know you said that it was faster on your computer than your, than your television. Maybe that's because you forgot to crank up your television. I don't know, but I thought, uh, it was pretty, I, and also I thought Herbsy did great. Like he's a college guy. I was wondering how much of the NFL he would be up on. Good job. He did a great job. Yeah. I thought that, uh, everything from the pregame show was interesting to see Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Richard Sherman, Andrew Whitworth. It was just because they had so many former players that cover different, you know, an offensive lineman, a former quarterback, a former defensive back. So you have guys who can talk to all aspects of the game, which was not all aspects, Breach. They didn't have any special teamers there. No Jay Feely's. I know. Trust me. So uh, here, here's why I bring up the Asante Samuel Jr. interception. That wasn't, I thought it was, you you weren't sure you thought it wasn't. That drive ends with the, that 41-yard touchdown pass to Watson, the tight end, when J.C. Jackson got turned around. Made it 17-14 chargers at that point. With, but hold on, don't underplay that. That was a crazy play where it is third and 10. Mahomes is under pressure, slips up, throws a laser that the Chargers defender misses by about three inches from knocking the ball down. It was a crazy throw. No, I, I don't want to underplay it at all. It was incredibly important. I'm not sure it should have happened. I think perhaps the interception should have should have superseded that. There was also the interception in the first half where they called defensive pass interference and it looked like offensive pass interference uh, and a mugging. But that that also was sort of a strange call. But um, that got less pushback, it felt like, on social media. Make it that what you will. So let's see. The second drive, the Chargers get a fourth and two on their own 33-yard line. 
and they punt the drive after the Watson touchdown, the 41 yard touchdown pass to Watson from Mahomes. So they punt again on fourth and two from the own 33. I, I think this is a pattern, and I think you're right. I think probably Brandon Staley. I don't know. I don't know how involved Dean Spanos is. We don't hear him being as involved as, say, Jerry Jones, for example. So I don't know if he would have a conversation with Brandon Staley or Brandon Staley just took it upon himself because I know Brandon Staley is very interested in statistics, obviously, and he reads a lot and all that other stuff. He's a smart dude. And um, it's just weird to me that if you believe in science, which is a conversation we've had over the last 24 months, that you suddenly sort of turn away from science based on one data point. You know what I'm saying? Or, I mean, it would be like if somebody told me that, hey, Breach, you can still be on the podcast going forward, but you can't talk about the Bengals anymore. Like, if it's your thing, if Brandon Saley's philosophy is going forward on fourth down, how could he let someone talk him out? Even if they said, oh, hey, we're going to fire you if this you know, costs us games, then he'd say, fine, fire me. I'm going to stick with the way I coach. I'm going to stick my, for him to change his philosophy uh, it, it, after one off season is just unbelievable. By the way, like, shout out to Brian Jay in the comments. He noticed that I was drinking not only a LaCroix, not a hard call, key oh line, God. baby. So uh, to your point, Breach, if you are going against what you believe in, you've basically gone from a uh, hot new coach to Mike McCarthy, right? Yes. Okay, so that's where we're at. He's a he's a younger version of Mike McCarthy as we sit here. Uh, that's not where you want to be, Brandon. So get back to being Brandon. Uh, so what about the, here's so third quarter, late in the game, uh, late in the third quarter, one seventeen to go. Uh, the Chiefs still trailing seventeen fourteen at this point. Uh, they're driving though, and then Derwin James body slams Travis Kelsey. And as our buddy Todd Furman put on Twitter, if someone had done it to any quarterback in the NFL, they they go straight to prison. Uh, but he body slams Travis Kelsey. Another uh, Chargers teammate appears to try to strip the ball from Travis Kelsey. It looked like maybe he did. We didn't get another look at it. I wonder if that's something that perhaps should have been taken a closer look at if you're Brandon Staley again, because that's a huge, that's the Jalen Warren turnover situation, right? No, they did show a replay. There was one replay of it. And I, the I ball thought, wasn't moving. Are you sure? I, I, I'm pretty sure. It looked okay. like a good call. And I think that, I mean, you know, Staley's got his guys watching it in the booth trying to get figure out what happened there. And it did feel like uh, Kelsey's elbow slammed against the ground and then the ball popped out. Okay. So the, the uh, Asante Samuel interception was a closer, more controversial play than the Kelsey play to me. Okay, fair enough. So Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So uh, first down there, three plays later, fourth and goal from the one. To start the fourth quarter, still 17-14, Chargers lead. What do you think the Chiefs do? 
not go for it. What is going on? Is this 1967? Why is no one going for it on fourth down? Okay, so here is where I, I'm, and I'm not sure what if you have like the analytical numbers in I front don't. of you. Um, Wilson's all I got, baby. But it, it becomes for me a comfort thing where if you don't get it and you just got, oh, so you're the you're the Chiefs. You just got stopped first and goal from the three, second and goal from the one, third and goal from the one. So you've been stopped on three straight plays, and now if you don't score, you're trailing. You're giving the Chargers the ball back. Where are you giving the ball back to, though? At yeah, but it's the Chargers who have, you know, we you know how high powered their offense is. Uh, I mean, that no, no, I'm saying they probably like the smart, the analytical play is probably to go for it. But if you're a coach and you're thinking, you know, let's just tie this game up. We're playing better football right now. We're going to win this in the end. Like I understand that thought process. I guess, but again. um, I would, let me put it this way. If this were um, the Bengals playing the, the the Chiefs, for example, let's say Chiefs the Chargers, or either team, if the Bengals are playing one of these teams or the Steelers are playing one of these teams and the score is exactly the same and that situation is the same, I'm angry at Mike Tomlin. I would imagine you're angry at Zach Taylor or no? No. So here, my thinking, if this is the first or second quarter, and I, I'm, I'm, no, then everything's I'm going for it. I know, no, I'm saying that I'm okay. going for 100% of the time if it's the first or second quarter. But you're you, going for the tie in this situation if you're when in the you're, Bengals? When you start to run out of time, this was the first play of the fourth quarter. So yep. now you are trailing in the fourth quarter and the Chargers have the ball if you don't get... So the timing left in the game is what changes my thought process. I would rather be tied in the fourth quarter than trailing. But if this is the first half, I'm going what for about it this? 100% you, of the time. What about the other option? Be ahead by four. I mean, that is an option. <sighs> All right. Talk to it. To a I'll, guy that's scared of winning. I don't know. I, I said Steel, we should have gone for it in all three of his fourth downs in the but you're half. you're wishy-washy on this one for Reed, though. But this one involves tying the game in the fourth quarter. All that's right. that's the difference for me. If only he had Patrick Mahomes on the oh, he does. Okay, so also something worth noting, and we should have mentioned this earlier. You mentioned it on Ace Q, but part of the reason that the offense probably started to sputter for the Chargers in the second half. Um Corey Lindsley went out at halftime, the center. Uh, Clap came in. Uh, Trey Pipkins, the right tackle, went out to start the fourth quarter. Storm Norton came in, and Storm Norton uh, struggled mightily last year to the point that I felt bad for him. So he came in. Um, the floodgates didn't necessarily open. That's not why I don't think um, Justin Herbert got hurt. I thought Clap did pretty well uh, from what I watched, you know, as a casual observer, paying attention to centers during a, a live football game uh, early on in the second half. Um, I didn't see any huge issues with Norton, but I, I'm sure that complicated things uh, for the offense. Um, all right, so let's see. I'm going just through here. Next to Chargers drive after the KC kicks a field goal. They get down to, oh, this is it. They get down to the three-yard line. Gerald Everett does all those great things to get to that point. And then Jalen Warren makes that pick six. Fantastic. Officially 96-yard, not 99. Is that right? Is that what you said, Breach? Uh, no, it's 99. But, okay, 99. you know, you mentioned uh, Gerald Everett and how tired he was. He literally was about to take a nap on the field uh, after collapsing. But, you know, he clearly, they showed the replay that he signaled to the bench. So is that not on the coaching staff for <laughs> call a timeout or or send someone in? Like, if somebody's Brandon receiving, Staley, if somebody's Staley moving was, off the field, you got to get him off the field. Brandon Staley was too busy looking for a sport down sheet. He didn't see him. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's right. They showed the replay, and you could see in the replay of the actual pick six, it it seems like you know you talked about it, um, and, and they talked on the telecast. Gerald Everett 
seem to have inside leverage on Jalen Warren. I think that's what Justin Herbert thought. And then for some reason, he like he lost his mind. Gerald Everett just slid towards the sidelines and stepped out of the way for Jalen Warren to catch it. And as soon as Jalen Warren caught it, it was almost like Gerald Everett said, oh, you know, my bad. He sort of gestured at himself as he picked up his mouthpiece off the ground. Um, and then poor Justin Herbert had to try to make the tackle. So that was, uh, you said it earlier, that was the turning point. You can point fingers wherever you like, whether the timeout wasn't called, whether Gerald Everett just sucked it up for one more play, uh, what, whatever. But at the end of the day, that was the game changer, and that made it uh, 24-17 because luckily they had kicked the field goal to tie it, um, and it, it worked out in that instance. It did work out. Hmm. Uh, so let's see. Oh, another one, 902 to fourth quarter. Um so far to that point, with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter, trailing by seven at this point for the Chargers. Chargers were four of 12 on third down. So Eckler gets stuffed. It's fourth and four from the minus 31, 828 now at this point to go. And L.A. punts. Okay with that? After a penalty. Became fourth and nine. Yeah, assume the penalty didn't happen. So it's just fourth and four. Uh, Eight minutes left. On 31. Yes, I'm fine with that. Okay, so they punt. And it's fine. They, they get the ball back. Um, and then with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Herbert converts the, uh, the third down to, to Everett again, who actually came back and played well once he got rested. And he heard it. That's when he heard his ribs. So he had to come out. He looked, I mean, I was worried when he was writhing around in pain that that was a wrap. Um, he comes in after the City One play out, throws a high incompletion, and gets crushed by Frank Clark. And he's again writhing around on the, on the, on the turf, understandably so. Third and six is almost picked. He threw the ball in the middle of the field to Mike Williams. Whoever the receiver was to Mike Williams, right about five yards, was wide-ass open. But it just looked like, at that point, Justin Herbert felt like, I trust Mike. I want to get off the field because this hurts really bad. Um, fourth and six from the their own 38 with four or three to go. Chargers punt. Okay with that? No. This is the one I go for it. 24 this, to 17 at this point. Go ahead. And this is where my thought process is, there's four minutes left in the game. If you give Patrick Mahomes the ball back, you might not see it again with only four minutes left. And so if you go for it here and you don't get it, then the Chiefs only have 38 yards to work with. They can't get a bunch of first downs and run out the clock. You're going to get the ball back. And if you, uh, if, if a three and out here, then you're looking at, if they don't get any yards, it's a 55-yard field goal. If they get five yards, it's a 53-yard field goal. So assuming you get the three at three and out that you're going to need whether you punt the ball or not, you're looking at a difficult field goal, and the Chiefs have a kicker they literally just signed this week uh, who, you know, you send him out for a 50-yard field goal in crunch time. There is no guarantee that Matt Abdullah is making that. So, But uh, he was just last year 13 of 19. Boom. There you go. So if I'm the Chargers, I, I would have gone for the fourth and sixth. Uh, with four minutes left. And this one came back to bite old uh, Brandon and, and the boo-boo, as they like to say, because get the punt down to the 15. Yay! Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire rips off a 50-yard run, and the 52-yard run started with him holding on to the football like under no circumstances can I fumble this ball. I'll just get three yards and fall down. No one on the Chargers wanted to tackle him, and by the time he got into the open field, he's like, well, I'm just going to try to rip this thing off. Uh, insult to injury, 15-yard face mask penalty on the Chargers, gets the ball. <laughs> So it goes from the minus 15 to the plus 18 in the span of the time it took Clyde Edwards to run down the field. So literally in one play, they erased the punt plus some. So again, I, and I wonder if Brandon Staley was watching that going, MF, or I, I, I got to get back to what I'm doing. I wonder if he'll change because we talked about this last week in the game. Or what if he, Staley did this, Wilson, so that when he talks to whoever, if it's the owner or GM this week, like, hey, bro, see, if I would have gone for it a couple times, we would have won. So can I go back to my style? 
Yeah, so we'll see. I, I'm interested to see what what happens going forward in, in terms of that. So Staley uses first timeout at 345. You're the timeout guy. Is that a good time to use the first timeout, 345 in the fourth quarter? Uh, I mean, the same amount of time is going to run out. You know, you're saving 40 seconds. So as long as you're getting it, as long as you're saving the full 40 seconds, then it makes sense. So Casey throws on second down incomplete because why not? Um, and then that there's weird. a yeah, that that was weird. Uh and then a short gain um on the next play. So the the Chargers call their second timeout, 324 to go, and then Kansas City kicks a field goal. Amadillo smokes it. He actually had a good night. The the rental kicker as and, as and- as Al Michaels kept calling him. Real quick, the one advantage, or not even one advantage, but but one of the advantages of using the timeouts that early is that your hope is that you get the ball back on the right side of the two-minute warning so that you have the ball and you can control when you get the free timeout. You know, if there's 220 left and you have no timeouts and the Chiefs have the ball, they're going to run one play and run it down two-minute warning. 220 left and you have the ball, you might be able to run three plays uh, if you throw it each time and, you know, gain 10 yards, go out of bounds. So that's, you know, you want to get the ball back before the two-minute warning. And that's what happened. So um, they do get the ball back. And this is when Herbert looks like he is like he is struggling. Uh, the third one I already mentioned right before the two-minute warning, um, he threw that ball into the turf after he could have run for the first down. And then comes back. Rope up. The Chiefs are like, this guy's. there's no way. We don't have to play defense on fourth down because he is not throwing the ball on us. And Kirk Herbstreit was like, uh, that was weird. <laughs> and it really was weird because he could have, you know, you figure your legs still work if, you're, if your side hurts. But he, I think it must have hurt so badly when he did the fake, uh, the arm pump that he's like, I'm out, man. Very next play, he comes back and throws an absolute C to DeAndre Carter down the field, down to the KC7. Uh, and then he doubles down on a on a great touchdown throw to Josh Palmer a few plays later. 111 to go, 27-24. Now the Chargers uh, trail. What is the thinking um, if you're the, the kicker and the, and the coverage team on the ensuing onside kick? Uh, if you're the kicker, was it Dustin Hopkins that kicked off? Yeah, it was. Uh, look, number one, don't kick out of bounds because you're an absolute fool. Uh, and like, just you need to get as high a bounce as possible as it gets near the ten yard mark and give your team the best chance. And it ended up working out real well. I mean, that ball was literally out there for about two seconds where anyone could have gotten it. And uh, the you first, know, I couldn't get the number. The first defender muffed it. The first recovery person right, right. on the return team muffed it, and Noah Gray fell on it. So it, it was a short hop, and it actually worked out perfectly, or close to perfectly. It wasn't perfect because they didn't get the ball back, but it gave them the best opportunity. Because um, typically, I mean, what is the recovery rate? It's like less than ten percent, isn't it? Yeah, and it's gone down even more now that you have to line up an even amount of guys on each side. You can't stack the side like they used to do back in the day. So okay, the so that that was that. I, I mean. The takeaway for me is that the the fourth quarter peculiarities based on last season uh, for Brandon Staley. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. Last year, I was worried about them when they were three and three. I think they look better now than they did a year ago without. Someone mentioned this in the comments. Um, better, worse, same. What are your take on on a cheaterless Chiefs team? I mean, so far they don't look better, but I think that Mahomes is still getting comfortable with his new wide receivers. I mean. Uh, you know, Juju had three catches, Baldess Scantling had two catches. It's not like they're doing a lot of damage, but it feels like he's just getting more comfortable with them in the offense. They're getting more comfortable in the offense. And so, you know, I think that they're only to get more comfortable with each other as the season progresses. And then obviously, you know, Justin Watson, who caught the 41 yard touchdown pass, 
it's his first year in this offense. So uh, you have a bunch of guys who are in there for the first time and they don't need to make a play all the time, but if they come up with a couple big plays, get the win and then get better next week. That sounds like coach speak, but that's what you do when you have a bunch of new guys around you. Here's where I remind you that I have the chiefs. That's my first Uh-oh. overall pick. Uh Oh, and you have the chargers or does Prince have the chargers? I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I'd be fine with the Chargers. Just, I mean, they, they should have won that game, but we, we've been saying that for... I do have the Chargers. Week in and week out. All right, let's go quickly over the schedules. Again, you and Tyler Sullivan talked about this on the on the picks, uh, excuse me, on the HQ. So, oh my God, if the Chiefs had won this game, they would have been 5-0 and heading into their Week 6 matchup against the Russell Wilsons. Instead, they are 1-1 one and one. next week, host the Jaguars. You're talking about the Chargers, you said the Chiefs. Chargers, sorry, yeah, yeah. If they'd yeah. beaten the Chiefs in, in week two, Thursday night, the game we just watched and enjoyed. So they're one and one, uh, host the Jaguars. I'm assuming you feel okay about that. Yeah, Ferbert's playing, I have to think they win that. And then they have uh the Lovey Smiths. I'm I'm I mean, talk about conservative play calling. I don't think Brandon Sayler's gonna be out conservative play called in that game. No, they're gonna tie zero zero because everyone's <laughs> just gonna punt. I, I guess okay. So, and we'll go through the other game real quick. The, at, at Cleveland, so at Houston, at Cleveland, I feel like they they win those games. The caveat, the asterisk is, what if old Justin Herbert is banged up and requires? Let's just hypothetically say, what if he misses two weeks? Oh, <laughs> so you got Chase Daniel, who I mean, the man has made forty one million dollars throwing eight touchdown passes over a forty year career. Uh, good for him, but. And he hasn't been bad, uh, you know, based on the recollection of, of him playing whenever that was years ago. So I don't know what that looks like now. But that certainly changes the math for Jacksonville at Houston at Cleveland, correct? Yeah, absolutely. If Chase Daniels in there, they could lose any one of those three games. And don't forget, like, Corey Lindsley went out. You're all pro center. If he's out, that's trouble. We don't know. You know, Keenan Allen's supposed to be back, but we don't know if he'll be back. So if Justin Herbert doesn't play, this whole entire offense could be decimated by injuries. So I, I don't think any of these three next three games are a lock if Herbert's out. Yeah, that's the that's the thing that sucks about real-life football is that when people get hurt, it changes the expectations you may have had. So uh, Easton Sick is still on the roster, North Dakota State's own. I think North Dakota or South Dakota? Yeah, North Dakota. North Dakota State's own Easton State. Yeah, and as, uh, as Victor Garcia mentions in the chat, not only did Davis Mills beat the Chargers while they had Justin Herbert last year, but it was an absolute thrashing. The Texans won uh, 41 to 29, I think. So that was, you know, anyone can lose to anyone. And if Herbert's out, that just makes it more likely. All right. Did, we uh, ever had uh, three starting North Dakota State quarterbacks in the NFL at one time? Breach? Um, I will say Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, and No. No, the answer is no. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Uh, Brandon Staley says Justin Herbert is okay. We'll know more Friday after the, the rib injury. Let's see exactly what he said in the postgame press. Uh, just said he's okay. All right, well, let's hope that means he's going to play. I mean, I'm okay, but I can't play quarterback next week. Herbert didn't speak to the media tonight because – you can get away with that when you're getting x-rays and, and getting checked out. So he didn't speak to the media site and, and because he has a rib injury. So, I, you know, I don't know how they can, how uh, Staley can know anything if these x-rays aren't back yet. So, you know, until you know for sure that they're positive or negative. Yeah. And, and also um, rib injuries. I don't think you do anything. You just have to wait it out. 
I'm no doctor but because you keep taking hits there and it gets worse. Yeah, you're no doctor, but that's that's true as well. Maybe um, we should get doctorates next offseason, and then we can say we're actually doctors. We know how this works. So let's see. And Daniel Popper, who covers the Chargers, does he cover the Athletic? Yeah, the Athletic. Uh, also just tweeted out um, a few minutes ago, mentioned that Staley said Justin's okay, but also said doesn't expect his injury to be an issue going forward. Said he's dealing with something in his abdomen, possibly ribs. Uh, I've had that issue too, where I've eaten so many ribs that my my abdomen starts to to get get bloated. So I've been there. You'll be all right. Okay, so let's look quickly at the Chiefs' schedule. Um, I don't think they had any injuries to speak of. Certainly didn't feel like it. Uh, no one mentioned during the telecast. So now they're two and zero at Colts. I mean, it's tough. I'm so down on the Colts now based on the way they played last week. Like Matt Ryan wasn't the uh, boost of energy I was hoping. I know that made Debo's week because Carson Wentz was vindicated in Washington. So at Colts, how do you feel about that? I would probably pick the Chiefs right Why? this second. But, Why are you even hesitating? But, uh, you know, it's the Colts' home opener. And, you know, like tonight was the Chiefs' home opener. I just feel like there's always a little – Teams are a little amped up when they are playing their home opener, and okay. especially when they open with two straight games on the road. All right, the week after that at Tampa. Now, Tampa had five rec- uh, receivers on the injury report earlier this week. Um, I mean, I would imagine things might change in two weeks, but that's not a good sign after uh, a de- this mo- uh, demolishment, excuse me, of the Cowboys last week. What do you think that game looks like in week four? I think I think the Chiefs win. I think they would. But I also think they beat the Colts, but I think they could lose either team. But I would pick them to win both those games. So the toughest game, you tell me, of the next three games, at Colts, at Tampa, or hosting the Raiders? Uh, I'll say at Colts. Really? Yeah. I was actually thinking at Tampa, maybe even the Raiders. Um, interesting. Okay. Well, this schedule is certainly tougher uh, on the front end than the Chargers. If Justin Herbert's fine, I, I think that holds. If not, then... Perhaps the Chargers' schedule is tough because it doesn't matter who they're playing if Justin Herbert is not there. But um, great game. Um, like It started slow, but then things got really exciting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed the Amazon Prime telecast. Anything you, you wanted to add? Uh, I'm going to give you a fun fact about the Colts and the Chiefs. Bring it. The last time Patrick Mahomes faced them in the regular season, the Colts won, and guess who their starting quarterback was? So say it's the last time that they the that the Chiefs and Colts played each other in the regular season. Patrick Mahomes threw for 321 yards. Who was the Colts starting quarterback? Who was the Colts starting quarterback? Uh, can I give you two names? No, one. Dang it. I'm going to go with uh, it's it's either one or the other. I'm going to go with Brian Hoyer. Uh, it is Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby got hurt in the Steelers game, and Brian Hoyer had to come in, so I wasn't sure it was before or after that game. So Dang. the Colts won 19-13 to 13 in a game that everyone thought uh, that it was going to be a rolling. It was going to be yeah, a blowout, absolute blowout. I can't believe I missed that. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to look up the point spread of that game really quickly because i got to know what it was. The Chiefs were favored by 10 and a half. All right, I'll give you a fun fact then. I love uh, this was the first time in human history, this game here, the, the Thursday night extravaganza, that the Kansas City punted four times in a home game that Mahomes started. You know what? I'm glad you gave that fun fact because uh, 
I stole it from Amazon Prime, by the way. Go ahead. Old Tommy Townsend is my underrated player of the game here. You know, I mentioned we talked about that fourth and inches the Chiefs had, and Townsend justified it by getting off the 60-yard punt. The next possession, the Chiefs had a fourth and six at their own 17 with like 25 seconds left. And if he gets off, uh, I don't know, a 45-yard punt, a normal punt, right? Then the... Chargers will take the ball over at like the 35 or 40 yard line. You need two big plays. You're in field goal range. No, Tommy Townsend gets off a 74 yard punt right before halftime. The ball rolls down to the nine yard line and the Chargers have no choice. Six seconds left on the clock. They can do nothing with it. They had to kneel it. And that was a huge punt because I I feel like anything, if it didn't go past the 20, the Chargers were going to play for a field goal. No, I agree with that. And I think I made a note of that. So um, assuming that Justin Herbert's healthy, do you feel any differently about these teams than you did five hours ago? Did you pick the Chargers to win the division or the Chiefs? Chargers. Okay, so did I. I picked the Chargers to win the division. I picked the Chiefs to win this game. I just felt like overall the Chargers have a friendlier schedule, and we're seeing that you know over the next three games that they absolutely should win. Uh, and you know by the time by the time we reach the end of October, the Chargers might be back in first place. Oh. Okay, yeah, you're you're worried about this Colts game. All right, well, that would be fun for me and you, given our picks. Um, I'm I I, I want to see what Brandon Staley does in terms of his play calling going forward, specifically on fourth down. Um, but otherwise, I I feel fine about both teams. They're about where I thought they would be. I just thought the Chargers should have won this football game. Uh, I would imagine the Chargers feel similarly. Yeah, the Staley thing is weird though. I just can't believe he got brainwashed at the Mike McCarthy school of. Fourth yeah, down. He, really did. they sent him to Mike McCarthy conversion camp over the summer and they came back only punting on the Chargers the owners football. were like Mike McCarthy made it to the playoffs that yeah. is how you get to the playoffs you're going Staley you're going to the camp oh man he did look like a separate wife too when they showed a close-up of Staley's face like he didn't he, like the Manchurian candidate like he wasn't quite no himself. emotion yeah interesting all right something to keep an eye on uh anything else Debo that we need to promote you're good. Pick right. show in the feed tomorrow. Brinson unsurprisingly went two and five in week one. <laughs> Prisco five and one. Yeah, PD. RJ always comes with the great info. So that'll be dropped if you're listening to this on the audio feed by noon on Friday. Two and five, Brinson. All right. That's a wrap for the old Thursday night podcast. Chargers lose to the Chiefs 27 to 24. Uh, Breach and I will be back on Sunday night for the old eight-hour recap show. Uh, Until then, people. uh... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.